Welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined by my usually responsible spouse, Heather. Usually, come on, I'm super responsible. I feel like I keep you alive by feeding you and taking care of you. I feel like I'm pretty responsible. Well, we all have our off days, let's be honest. (laughs) I mean, not every day. Well, not every day is 100% for any of us. Got it. There's no shame in that. I'll take the whatever notes you have later after the podcast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, we... We are, we are excited to talk to you. We have a great show planned for today. Today, we are going to be talking about how to handle irresponsible spousal financial behavior. That's a mouthful. Yikes. Yeah, I know. I know. I, as, as awesome as it is to be married, it can be tough if your spouse isn't acting in a fiscally responsible way. You almost are talking like you know what that's like. Well... <laughs> Well, we did recently do an episode <laughs> on things you shouldn't do when you're doing major life transitions, like <laughs> moving across the world. And one of those things was making major purchases. And what are the, what's one of the things you forced us into? What? There was no forcing. Well, I mean, we we ended up spending a bit of money on a boat. And yeah, it was a little bit more than we had planned. But to be fair, that was what the market price was going for. But well, yeah. it's a really nice boat. It's probably the only boat I'm ever going to have. So I'm excited about it. Well, good. I'm glad you're excited because uh, we're going to be enjoying it for a while. But to be fair, we planned on it for years. We had the money saved. It was not irresponsible. Okay. You're just panicking we, we a little did, bit. We did plan Just because it. it was a big check to write. We did plan quite a bit. Anyway, this is a good topic because we've actually had quite a few, you know, written, quite, write-in questions from listeners, you know, that we haven't always been able to answer on Q&As and other episodes really around this topic. A lot of questions come out of this topic. And so, and and not only that, but we've also seen, you know, we've heard from people we know that, you know, this is a real issue. Yeah, it, it is a real issue. And it's something that I, I think causes a lot of problems because so, I mean, like like you said, this has been something that that people we know have faced, and statistically, this is something that happens in a lot of marriages where, and specifically, we're talking about where one person wants to make a positive change and do, do work towards bettering their financial situation, and the other person is essentially sabotaging it. Right. And, and I mean, as we've talked about a lot, like, Money happens to be high, a pretty high statistic of an issue in marriage, right? It's money issues. And so a lot of it is driven because they're not on the same page, which, right? Which is where we're kind of getting at. And that's one of the, well, that's the reason we started this whole podcast is because we struggled getting on the same page initially. And I think there's there's a huge, we saw major benefits from getting on that same page and right. starting to focus and starting to point ourselves in the common direction. And uh, we certainly know others can benefit from that as well. And uh, yeah, and, and when you're not going in the right, the same direction, then problems happen and it starts out as financial trouble, but then it can develop into bigger marital problems as well. And that's where you really start to have to worry. Right. And we don't want that for you. So what do you mean by irresponsible, David? Well, I... <laughs> I think at a, at a high level, at a high level, you, it's uh, all about just 
being irresponsible is is uh, making independent financial decisions that put the family at risk. So it, what I mean is you're going off on your own, you're making decisions without consulting your spouse, and they're decisions that result in maybe going into debt or not having money to take care of what needs to be taken care of in the in the household, basically digging a hole for the house. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, we've talked a lot about different ways to manage your finances, but, but at the end of the day, like you are a unit, you are one unit, you and your spouse, you're together. And so when you're doing things on your own and making decisions without consulting the other spouse, like that's just a no-no. Like you don't do that when you're married, right? You need to... Um, especially if it puts you in the wrong direction, but even if it's going the right direction, like you as you as a couple need to be aligned on what you're doing with your finances. Yeah, one of the things that really helped us was having uh, was getting aligned on what it was it that we're we're doing don'ts financially for us, and we had that conversation right up front. And I think we've we've had updates to that conversation as we've gone, but it's so critical to be aware of. Like what? What is acceptable financial behavior and what is not? Dry, drawing those lines in the sand so everybody knows what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Uh, otherwise, you're going to run into this again and again. Right. So some examples of this could be like running up secret credit cards or even like not secret credit cards. Like if you're overspending and spending a ton on credit cards that you're not telling your spouse, even if it's your shared credit card, like that can create, that's being irresponsible. And I feel like a lot of this that we're going to talk about can come out in the form of spending, right? And being irresponsible. I mean, because really with money, right, you're either making money or you're spending money. And so those are kind of the two, like making and investing or spending, right? And so a lot of this comes from that side of the equation, Okay, yeah, and that's and that's where people get into trouble is that they will they'll run up these cards or they will they'll start this spending go on these spending sprees and they won't keep their spouse in the loop on what's going on and they might even hide the money or the hide the spending by being in charge of the bills or taking care of these things on their own and yeah it's it's disruptive it's crazy disruptive yeah and some of it I don't even think can come across that malicious or intention it's just. They may not even realize what they're doing, right? It's just they think that they can make these decisions on their own and go do it, and there's nothing wrong with it even. Um, that's what I'm saying. It's like sometimes it's not even in secret, right? It's just, hey, I feel like I have the ability to do this, and I'm going to go spend all this money without even talking to my spouse, right? Um, yeah, and and I think a part of what, what you need to get to is what is the root cause of that? Why is it that you want to do all this extra spending? What is it that's going on there? Is it is it that they're not willing to cut back on the lifestyle that they've, they've created or that they've set up? Maybe they're not willing to recognize that, oh, we, we're, we have a, a, a financial situation here that we need to cha- make changes in our life, changes in our spending in order to address it. And they're just not ready to recognize that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big one, right? That causes people to do it. It's a lot of times, especially when you get married young, you see like your parents and you're like, hey, we're going to have that same lifestyle right away. And you don't realize that it took your parents like, <laughs> you know, that didn't just happen overnight. And they started in the cheap apartment and the one bedroom apartment, and, you know, eating ramen at night. And they didn't just jump to having the house and the cars and vacations. Right. And so I think part of that, you're right, comes from not only want to change your lifestyle when maybe you're not at that place yet. No. 
yeah, it, 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 these things come in phases, and it's easy to, to think that, oh, I, I deserve this at this point. Well, you really don't deserve anything. I mean, that, that is a, a phrase that really rubs me the wrong way is when someone says, oh, I deserve to have something right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you work hard. We all work hard. But that doesn't mean you deserve to have something that you can't afford. If you can't afford it, you you don't deserve it. <laughs> so speaking of not being able to afford it, another way that this financial irresponsibility could look like is not paying your bills timely. And again, this could be a variety of reasons. A, it could just be you're not organized, you just missed a bill payment, or it could be like there's just not enough money. Like there's no way to pay that bill. <laughs> so, you know, without, I get, or maybe you're, putting it on a credit card and just piling up debt. But definitely like just handling the money on the day to day, like normal stuff, you know, if it's not handled properly could also be a sign of another example of irresponsible. Yes. Yes, exactly. And there could be, there could be more going on to that story, but if the bills aren't getting paid on time and you don't understand why they're not getting paid, if your spouse is the one that's in charge of the bills, then that's another reason to, hey, we need to be talking about this, to check in, have a conversation about it, really get confirmation on what's going on and, and get to the root of it. Uh, your, if your spouse is refusing to consider making contributions to investments, that also might be a sign that they're potentially exhibiting some irresponsible behavior. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been focused so far on the equation of the spending side, right? So there's a lot of ways that we've been talking about. But I think this is a good one because this isn't on the spending side. This is just hey, I don't see the value in investing or like I'd rather spend all our money than invest it for our future or save for our kids' college or those types of things. Um, so that's another, you know, part of it. And it could just be a misunderstanding, just, uh, you know, not fully understanding what investments are, just not seeing the importance. But that could be an area where it's like, hey, it's not just about living day to day, but we need to think broader. We need to take it longer term, right? Yeah. And I think that's a good point that it might not necessarily be malicious. It may not intentionally be irresponsible. It might just be, maybe it's overwhelming. Maybe the the investment side of things just seems overwhelming or insurmountable or something along those lines. And that's why there's some reluctance there. Um, reluctance is different though than, than harsh pushback. And, and, and I think I think you'll know if there's reluctance or uncomfortability versus harsh pushback and no, this is the wrong thing to, thing to do. We need to spend all our money now and we shouldn't be saving for the future. Right. And I think a lot of that, again, comes from like if you if your spouse is really short term focused or maybe they're just burying their head in the sand and saying, I'm not really interested. This money thing, like you said, is too complicated. I don't understand numbers. I'm not a number person. I don't want to understand it. So I don't want to take responsibility. And it's like, no, you're an adult. Like you have to, you, you don't have, have a choice. To, right? You have to yeah. take, and you can't just think about the here and now you have to think about the future. And I think where this really becomes an issue is when you as a couple are not communicating about the financial issues, or maybe you're keeping it from your spouse. You're not telling them what's really going on or showing the full picture or not bringing them along with you. I mean, I think, at the crux of this a lot is just bad communication. Yeah, yeah and I think the, the short-sightedness or the short-term thinking of it also comes back to a, a root cause, per, perhaps, of not having long-term goals. And you and I, Heather, have discussed a lot about the value long-term goals have brought to our marriage. 
And without those long-term goals, there is an argument to be said, well, what are we, what are we thinking? Why do we think long-term? It, why should we think long-term with our money if we don't have any long-term goals, right? If, right. if my short-term goal is I really want to go to this nice restaurant tonight, I don't really care about whatever is going to happen. Where my kid goes to college. Now, or I can go to college or I can, yeah, or I can pay off my house or I can do these. Those aren't my goals. So why would I care about them? I'd right. rather have a nice experience today. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense in a way, but make sure you get aligned on those goals there right. as well. And thinking yeah. long term. So I think we've nailed like explaining what we mean by an irresponsible financial situation. So let's move to being a little productive on like, how do you get out of that situation? So what do you think, what would you do if you were in that situation? I know you've never been in that situation, so it's really hard for you. (laughs) But I mean, if you just like kind of put yourself, you know, do some mental like viewing of what that would be like. I I, I think this is a tough place to be, honestly. (laughs) It really is. Because like, so I sympathize with those people that are in this situation because it feels like there is no out. I'm sure they feel very trapped. I guess I would feel very trapped in this situation. And the first thing I would do is I'd, like so many things when when I'm in tough situations, I recommend just stopping and just evaluate how bad are things truly. So am I am I blowing this out of proportion? Is it is what I'm experiencing real? Um, odds are, if you think you're in this type of situation, you're probably not blowing it out of proportion. It probably is a big deal, but but understand like how big is the hole that's been dug? Are there how many like understand how many credit cards are there that need to be paid off? How how big are those debts? Um, where where is the bleeding coming from essentially? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like, and I think you just need to like try not to get emotional. So, for example, I was had an issue at work recently and like yesterday I was just like stewing over it was really mad and I'm like really upset about it but it was like after I thought about it and after you take a minute you're like okay it's not as bad as I think right and so I'm not saying that you're not in a bad situation but like don't let the emotions like try to separate and really evaluate how bad is this where are you at you know don't blow it out of proportion but also acknowledge like if it is if you've been maybe you've been burying your head and being like I don't want to deal with this I don't want to have to create problems in my marriage. I'm just going to ignore it. Like maybe you need to kind of have a wake up call on where you're really at. But yeah, I mean, I think you need to be realistic about how bad is this, but also like try to separate the emotion to look, stand back and look at it and say, okay, really, where is this? And as you're doing that, remember you, you love this person, right? You married this person. So you might be upset, but remember you still love this person. You come at it with love. Don't come at it with anger. Right. Which I think is the next part. So once you've evaluated it, you do have to talk to that person. So you really need to sit down and have a heart to heart and not, you know, go into this conversation empathetic, not scolding or accusatory, but, and really not going after the symptoms because my, my, my thoughts are, it's probably a symptom. Like anything you do with money is just an action, right? So there's, there's a motivation. There's a reasoning behind it. So you really need to understand, like, what is the root of the issue? What is the really, really the reason that's that's driving this? And I feel like this is a really sensitive conversation. So you need to make sure you're in the right place to have this conversation. Do not just go, like I said, once you discover this and decide to do it and you're all fired up, like, that's not the time. 
Um, and I also don't think you should surprise your spouse. Like, don't just all of a sudden lay it on them one day when you've been stewing and thinking and evaluating and then you just throw it out there. So, I mean, you need to come in love. You need to give them, like you said, you love this person. You need to give them the benefit of the doubt before approaching and jumping into this this, this sensitive issue. And, yeah, it's such a difficult place Very to, delicate. to come at. Very delicate. And, and they could be... They no doubt have reasons for doing what they're doing, right? And very likely those reasons are emotionally based. So, so much of what we do are is based on how we feel about situations. And so, try to understand why they feel that way, and and try to try to see it through their eyes. And doing that will also help you try to win them over. And not that you're saying this in a convincing way. You're not trying to convince them. You're trying to work with them to resolve the the fears they have, the concerns they have, the needs they have, while also resolving the concerns you have, which in both of your concerns are valid. And that's an important thing to remember is that everyone's concerns are valid. And you need to go in with that mindset. Otherwise, you're not going to make progress. Right. And like I kind of joked at the beginning of this episode, like try to put yourself, like I was teasing you, try to put yourself in their shoes. Like really do try to understand. And this isn't probably going to be like a one and done. It's not like you're going to probably just go out to dinner at the Olive Garden and and, and have one conversation and be done. Like, But but what if what if they got the bottomless pasta going on? That. Uh, you could you could have a long conversation if it's bottomless pasta. That's true. That's true. But it might take a couple of visits to Olive Garden to get really to the okay. root of this. All but, right. Uh, All so, right. you know, don't think this is an easy fix. But hopefully, if your spouse loves you and you come at it with love, that they're willing to to listen and hear it out. Fair enough. Yeah. And so, after you've had these conversations, what what should come out of this, these conversations? Is, is a plan of attack, and maybe attack's the wrong word, but a plan on how you're going to, uh, how are you going to correct these issues? So if your bills aren't getting paid, how are you going to efficiently pay those bills in an appropriate time? How are you going to track what needs to be, how are you going to, are you going to align on what needs to be spent every month? That might mean putting together a budget. Um, it might mean having the person more responsible or more interested in making sure the bills are paid on time is responsible for paying them. Um, it might require some lifestyle changes. There, there are a whole host of things that might be a part of that plan. Yeah, and I just encourage you guys to come up with that plan together because if you come in and you're like, here's the plan, here's what we're going to do, I can tell you how well that would go over with me. And I feel like how well you would think that would go over if someone came into you. So <clears throat> it's good to have your ideas and your suggestions, but make sure that it's a two-way conversation. And I, you know, and you guys can come up with that plan together and agree on it together. And yeah, it's this gets back to how in a marriage, really everything should be done together. In my opinion, I, I think you're you're going to get greater buy-in uh, from your spouse if if they're a part of those decisions rather than being told what the decision is. At least that's been the case for us. Uh, yeah, it like you said, Heather, it never goes over well. If, um, if I tell you this is how it operates, how it's going to work, because then you, you generally want to go the opposite direction. Right. <laughs> now, I will say, I mean, if this is a dire situation and they are not listening, you know, you may need to just kind of take over and you may need to consider maybe we need to separate our finances 
maybe you need to look to like, how do I protect myself or your own finances? Or even as a couple, like, hey, how do we get out of this? Maybe we need to take the other individual off of the bills or off of the titles or the debt or whatever, if they've really gotten into some serious messes. But obviously, I hope that doesn't get to that point in the situation. But, you know, that might be certainly there are times and and i think of i think of times like you know gambling addictions for example would be a, a certainly a time when that that person who's the gambler should not have their name on assets right that right. they could gamble away and that or like if they've run up a bunch of credit cards in their name correct. and their credit is a disaster yes. you probably don't want them if you're going to try to buy a house or do anything like you may need to do that alone so i mean this can get to be unfortunately pretty serious if you're not aware of the situation, right? Yes. And and you don't want it to destroy your life entirely, your financial life entirely. So yeah, certainly keep, keep protecting yourself um, as necessary uh, throughout this. And then, and then of course, these types of issues become more than just financial issues. They are, they are marriage issues. And so it's important that as you're going through this, if no doubt this is causing strain on your marriage, Seek out some counseling as you're going through this and run, maybe run your plan your, by your counselor as you're defining that plan. And that person can help coach you through this as well and, and give you some advice on, on what may or may not work best for you as a couple. I think that's really good. I mean, it may get to the point, like, you, like again, this is, this is a symptom of other stuff. So when we say counseling, this may not even be financial counseling. This may be, this is the point where it's marriage or personal counseling on what's really the heart of the issue and how do you as a couple get aligned. Um, and then maybe eventually you get to financial counseling. But it's okay. Like, that's why there's experts out there. Like, nobody's perfect. Nobody has all the answers. And if you're in that situation, don't be afraid or ashamed to go and ask for help. Like, I think that's super brave and really knowledgeable to know, hey, we're at our limit. We can't come to an agreement here. We can't get out of this mess. Like, you know, let's ask for help. Let's raise our hand before this, you know, we don't want you to end in in divorce or separation. Right, right. Having, and I think you know you're at that point when, when you can't come up with that plan together, when you can't figure out what is the middle ground here. And that's where you need that third party to help you find that middle ground. And uh, yeah, there's no shame in that. That's uh, that's incredibly valuable. I mean, we, I've 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 talked before about how yeah, it was incredibly valuable for us to have the the pre marriage counseling that went on for multiple weeks, um, to, like a couple months, and <laughs> it was it was so super valuable. And yeah, yeah, I I highly encourage anyone to take advantage of that. So we want you to continue this conversation with your spouse or significant other. So if this episode rang true for you in your marriage, have that heart to heart to understand the situation and the real root of the problem. If this is currently not an issue in your marriage, discuss if there's anything you should do to make sure you don't get into this situation with your spouse. So David. Heather. What do you think has helped us avoiding having this issue? Not that there haven't been issues or whatever, but like, for the majority, we haven't quite gotten that extreme. What do you think, even in the or the past or the present, do you think has helped? Well, I think in the in the past, the big thing was was our pre marriage counseling because I think we that helped us lay the groundwork for what are those rules we talked earlier in this episode around uh, the, the necessary components of establishing 
core rules to operate on and how are we going to operate financially as a couple. And we laid that groundwork in our pre-marriage counseling, which I thought was super valuable to set for me for setting expectations and knowing where we were going. Um, and I think otherwise we would have bashed our heads on it quite a bit, especially in those first couple of years of marriage. And then in more recent years, I would say it's been more around our, our monthly budget discussions because that's the, our monthly check-in to, to make sure we're aligned on what are we doing? How are we aligned on where we're going financially? Um, and we're not going rogue and making purchases or spending decisions or savings decisions for that matter independently. Uh, so those, that, that's a, an old example and a recent example, I guess, an ongoing example. How about yourself? Actually, very similar to what you said. So I had three things. I, I did say the same thing as you. We did a lot of work up front. So if you are dating or you're not married yet, really have these conversations before you get married. And not that that's going to change whether you get married to someone, what their financial history is or whatever, but at least it's going to help you understand like what you're getting into, where your future spouse is coming from and help you like identify and deal with those issues at the start. Um, second, I would say is that we communicate a lot about everything, which kind of goes to your point about the budget committee. I wasn't specifically thinking about that, but I feel like, we communicate a lot about money. And at first it was probably more arguing, but we were communicating and talking about it, right? It's gotten better and more, like you said, it's more structured and we've got some systems and processes in place to help it. But we've always, we haven't been hiding. We've been having the conversations and having it out. And then lastly, I think, which is really key, is we both assume positive intent always of our spouse. So even when there is an issue, I feel like neither of us really jumps to conclusions or becomes accusatory or like, why did you do that? It's like, we know that that person loves us and we assume like there was a reason, even though we don't understand it at the point. It's like, we don't jump to conclusions and assume like, hey, there must have been a reason and hear them out before freaking out. Yeah, I really appreciate that about you, is that you you do assume positive intent and you I can tell that you want to understand why I think the way I do about things because you you come in assuming I've thought through why I'm acting the way I am or why I'm reacting the way I am. And right. I appreciate that a lot, even if I'm not always thinking it through completely. I appreciate you giving <laughs> me the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps up our conversation for today. Remember, you can always email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere.